Go Loud presents Murder Most Irish. Find it first on the Go Loud app and on all major podcast platforms. Check for letting agent. My letting agent had to come today. Uh, she come, they come every four months to check the house that I'm not burning the gaff down. Well, I tell you what. And Colin had to run downstairs with Jack. <laughs> she should be ashamed of herself. She was like, is there anybody else here? I said, no. She's like, I'm just going to take some, some pictures. I said, yeah. She said, do you have a fire blanket? I said, yeah. And then she left. And that was it. If your job is to go into people's houses. <laughs> oh. Who pay a fucking... Stupid, Stupid amount, amount of, rent of money for a box. Who are never late on their rent. Never. Who have never rang to never. complain about a thing. Who like paid to paint this fucking apartment yep. because that fucking meldy old fucking letting agent wouldn't. wouldn't pay for it, no. And then they're like, can we come in and have a look? Can we come and check every can four we just months? Come in every four um, months we're, just, and check? we're afraid you might have developed some sort of drug habit in the last four months and have a crackdown operating yeah, out of your apartment. You know, apartment. I'm paying my rent every month. Yeah, I'm like, I think it's, I always think to myself, though, I will say this. I always think to myself, like, if they come here, it's grand because I'm like not a crazy person but I do wonder if sometimes if they go to apartments and they're like Jesus Christ like if they were renting to people that are super fucked up do you know what I mean and those I'm sure people are. are like not accepting it to come yeah and not only that I'm sure they're like you're not coming to my house yes um, like they 100%. got they got really they used to do this thing they're much more lenient, less lenient now but they used to do this thing where they would text me on like a Monday and be like we'll be there tomorrow at night at, and between 9 and 1 no I'm like I used to text like I have a job yeah I'm sorry and you're not coming into my apartment without me being here either because I don't want anybody fucking walking around my apartment. I just don't. Yeah. Um, but then one time this girl got really snotty. You know me, I don't like confrontation but except when it's with Colin and he, she got really snotty with me on the phone and I rang and then she backed out totally because I was like, I do not appreciate receiving text messages the day before a visit telling me you are going to be there between nine and one. She tried to cut me off and I said, no, no, no. I said, I have a job to pay the rent in order for you to have a job to do this. Mm. I said, so when you send me a text message, I will text you back and give you my availabilities. Now, I was shaking when I said it. Because <gasps> I hate fighting with people. She was but she tried to be real. She was like, you know, we just would worry there's something wrong. I said to her, I've lived here for nearly a decade. What the fuck do you think is wrong? Yeah. I have a job. I can't just be like, okay, fine. Yeah, drop everything. Yeah. Fucking my love. Anyway, it was fine. She was here for five minutes. Stupid. It was Meldiel, bitch. We got it done. I said it. Colin, and I stand uh, by it. Jack was down in the. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this. And podcast. he was like, she's like that yellow haired. No, she was lovely. She was actually really, really nice. But she um, was, you know, when you see, you ever see that thing when I used to think all the time when I used to go into town when I was younger, and you would see people that had just graduated college in suits and they look like children. Mm. I'm like, sir, are you working? Where are you working? Yeah. Like, this is crazy. You're a child. Is this your confirmation? You like confirmation open? Oh, but yeah, they always thought that they looked like uh, babies and fucking in. Um... Here, when you were a kid, I was thinking about this the other day because we were talking about work and work today about the children's allowance. That's the uh, thing, yeah. right? Did your parents give you your children's no. allowance? Thanks. Yeah, no, my parents not my Did mother. I ever tell you the story on this podcast about when I asked when I found out about <laughs> children's allowance? <laughs> Did I tell you this? You were like, what's that? I started This is a scam I'm not getting it I started secondary school <laughs> Yeah And so through, like Children's allowance If your child stays In secondary education You continue to get it Yeah 
Oh, so if you're through secondary school, you get yeah, ma'am. Yeah, until right? you're eighteen or something. Yeah. Right? yeah well, yeah, yeah. no, like it's if you finish school now, it's seventeen. I, I remember when it was coming closer to us not being on, and mom was like, "Fuck." Yeah. Like <laughs> it was raging. Yeah. And um, Kathleen's gonna kill me. So um, <laughs> yeah, I remember I'm with this girl called Yvonne, and I never forget the very first time she was like, "Hey, do you want to come hang out with me in my house?" And I was like, "Yeah, cool." It's in third year. This is how long the slide had gone on for. Third year. <laughs> and um, she was like, I just have to go to bank. I said, sorry, excuse me. You what? have a bank? She was like, yeah, it's Friday. I get my, like, on a Friday, my mom gives me, like, my children's allowance is divided by four and I get it into my bank account. And I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, she was That's like, yes, yeah, so she was like, so then we'll go to bank and then we'll go to extra vision and then we'll go to, we'll get videos and then we'll get like, uh, she was like, we'll get cakes. Sorry, this woman was living the dream. Yeah. They've all moved person. And then she was like, we'll get cakes. And then when we get to my house, we'll order pizza. And I was like, you are my new best friend. <laughs> Uh, and me, I have to go have a conversation with my mother Mia about these funds. You, you have money. Um, so went to her house and I was like, tell me more about this children's allowance. What do you mean? And she was like, yeah, your mom gets like this money from the state. And I was like, excuse me, what? What are you talking about? And then I went home and I was like, like a couple of days uh, later, I, I was this? like, I have to have a conversation with you, mother. And I was like, uh, you know, the children's allowance. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, uh, like any chance? Any chance? It like, like, it's for me, right? And she was like, uh, "Do you see? Do you see the lights? Do you see the lights on in this house?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "That's, uh, that's your that's children's allowance in that light bulb up there." And yeah. then she was like, "See this? Just turn on the tap." And we don't pay for war in Ireland. And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Yeah, pays for that too." And I was like. Okay, because I so I'm not getting it. No, then. like I because they they were one of the girls I work with was saying to me that uh, she saves it for her kids. No, I do save lilies, and she's like she's gonna give it to them, and I was like, wow, wow, yeah. and then everybody else is like, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, we did not get children's allowance. No, and I didn't even like it wasn't, wasn't saved. No, it was like bills. Like you know, what else, like me and Graham were saying today, we we're talking about like um talking about like buying a second house right we can't do it but like we're just talking about yeah. like the and then he was like wouldn't it be great if we like had those types of parents not like yeah. like every one of my friends except you and I don't have many friends um God got help. inheritance off yep. her mother I know or the, father. the people most people that I know except you huh. that have bought houses all inheritance yeah and me and Graham didn't get that like no. it was just awesome we did it on our own and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening oh to this oh my god that are, of course like, that are my doing it on their own did not but the other thing is that like my parents also like don't own their home yeah. and needed the Graham's parents yeah so like when they pass away there's no nest egg my mum had a really big fight with me a couple of years ago and my mum and I don't fight but when we have a fight it's like a big fight mm. she got really mad at me <laughs> she said <laughs> when I die you won't be able to pay for my funeral and I think about that all <laughs> the time I'm like I don't think I will, Captain. Like, I don't know how much. I don't know how much funerals are. I, I like the way she your mom's argument to make you feel bad. Yeah, like, and I pay for my actually, funeral. I just went to her. Where the fuck is your money to pay for it? What should I pay for? But I think about it all the time, and I'm like, how much is a funeral? And I feel like I need to start knowing those things. Like, how much is a funeral? Just FYI, if I die, y'all bitches are paying for my funeral because I don't got a pot to piss in. So we've all been Becky and Catherine. Get your funds together. Do you together. have life insurance? No, I don't have life insurance. Yeah, well, oh, okay. Um, but I just am wondering. I'm like, how much is a funeral? 
Yeah, well, like, it depends, right? So it depends on what you want. Um, and it depends on, like, the casket and all that. Push out the so, like, <laughs> um, like, the the cheapest, like, open casket, as in the ones that, like, look pleasant. Yeah. Like, bottom price, three grand. Okay, well, that's not so bad. That's still, like... I am that's thinking, just for the fucking yeah, thing they put you the in the ground. I'm always thinking it's, like, 20 grand for a funeral, but that's not Oh, right, no, it? it's about, like... Maybe, depending on the funeral, right? But maybe between, like, six and eight grand. Anybody but working then, in funerals? Yeah. <laughs> Between six, also give me a discount because- between six, my nanny because my nanny had no life insurance, but my grandmother, bef- like about like ten years before she died, used to. So you can do this as you get older. Yeah. You could do it now if you wanted. She used to go into Massey's and just leave money. Oh good lord! And she set up her own funeral fund. That's a. Um, it's more morbid, but at the same time, it makes sense. Because I, I don't want anybody to have to pay for when my you're like in your, Yeah, I know. But like in your 50s, you can get a life insurance policy that pays for it. Yeah, that's true. And it's like 20 euro a month. That's true. Um, I just... Uh, sorry to my mum. Why sorry to your mum? I feel like I should have told that story. <laughs> she was just really mad at me. <laughs> you're not going to be able to pay for my funeral. That's not my job. <laughs> Excuse me? Because I just... I often wonder like when somebody dies and I often feel really bad because if somebody dies in a family because I know if someone's died it would be fine we get it together but like if someone died in a very very in a in a family that does not have the money so like there are yeah so even in the, the ones ways that, you can yeah get so money. like funeral uh, homes like Massey's and I don't know the other one it's one down the road anyway they do have like it's a funeral fund and you would like be able to pay it off and the credit union as well has like oh, a okay. thing where it's like if there's like an emergency I'm funeral. sure if you yeah, if you went to like somewhere like St. Vincent de Paul or something like that they might um, be able to have yeah there is whatever. and you can like the, most of like these this is what these people do all the time yeah they? yeah yeah they like deal with people in like the worst times of their life Um, it just must be they so have hard. tons of like options yeah, where it's yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we can like assist and like we can you can do this cheaper and we can you can pay it off and, and that type of thing that's 100%, good 100% but I like <laughs> put it on tick yeah put it on tick I'm gonna put my funeral on layaway like if you don't pay um, you can take her up yeah, just, just take her up and we're just gonna take the casket <laughs> back um yeah, my my grandmother paid for her funeral on layaway. Oh, that's crazy! Isn't so it? she went down. That's smart. And, like, that she, is very but, smart. But Massey's used to say to her because she was like, my grandmother was relatively young when she started. Yeah, saying, they used to be like, Eileen, do you want us back to go on a holiday? And she'd be like, no. My but my grandmother was super morose. She used to say things like, I like when I was getting married. Yeah, I rang her and I was like, uh, I'm, getting I'm getting married. The wedding invitation. She said, I said, I need your like. I had sent the invitation and I was like, I need your like. like are RSVP? you coming? Yeah. And she was like, I make no plans till I wake up in the morning and my feet touch the ground. And I was like, see you, you stupid bitch. Just say yes or just, no. If you're alive um, on yeah, the fucking... Just come. Just what say yes. I get married? And then if anything bad happens, yeah. we'll know. If you're alive on the 11th of September. <laughs> just come. Do you think you might come? <laughs> Actually, it's not the, the 9th. Sarah got married in October. But no, you got married in September. Yvonne got married in October. The 9th of September. 9th of September, yeah. Yeah, it's like, if you like are alive on the 9th of September, could you tell just me now that you will come? Well, I will say... I, do you know what? Old people, but I love old people. You're not invited. I can't wait to be like really old and just be a, more of a miserable bitch than I already am. A miserable bitch. Um, but yeah, that's a good story about your mum. Yeah, I just... I think about it sometimes because I often... I often wonder like... Because there's four of us so we'd be fine. Like we'd, we'd do it. Figure it out. Figure it out. But at the same time, I'm like... She does a fucking... Feel. I need to start Googling stuff and understanding. I think I do this thing as well where I try to ignore like... Oh, actual real adult stuff. But I need to look that up. Not that I want my master side, but you know what I mean. Touch yeah, no. Touch all of the wood. Touch the wood I can find. Um, 
Knock, knock, knock on wood. Knock, knock, knock. Emma watched Encanto. I did. Uh, I really enjoyed I ma- it. Me and Lily made her watch it. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good it was movie. So fun. Yeah. Like. I think if it was a live action, I would have left. No, absolutely not. Because it's, it's just too much singing. Yeah. But I get that why the singing is needed. But also, uh, that young one needs to needs to be a two, and she needs retribution. If she was on our podcast, she'd fit in. Yeah. Childhood trauma. Just so like you're not getting a power. You're as well as a bitch. Um, yeah. Talk to the house. Amazing. What's that going to do? Yeah. It's like my magic power is, but everybody can talk pa- to the house. That's it. She's not. Yeah. <laughs> So the house Tell is magic. Them about how upset you are about the fact that she just, doesn't have a power. I get what they were doing. I get where they were like, you don't need to have a magic power. Your magic power is being kind. What a jip. <laughs> what a fucking jip. These motherfuckers are making flowers grow and they're fucking controlling the weather and talking to animals. And she's like, I'm just, I have curly hair. She's very cute. She's very cute. I just didn't agree. And I felt we like. We don't talk about Bruno. I would have done a carry ending. A carry ending? Yeah, there would have would been a carry ending. Would you have done Bruno? What do you mean would I done, done him. him? I would have done him when he was younger. Done that him. That picture when she opens the thing, I'm like, he's a handsome man. Bruno. Mm. Handsome man. And I love John Leguizamo. I know it's only his voice, but I, I do find him very attractive. Do you find John Leguizamo? Yes. I call him Leguizamo. Is it Leguizamo? What, 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 either both of us either are pronouncing it incorrectly. Way, apologies to Mr. That Man. <laughs> whatever we're saying. <laughs> the small blue man from Spawn. The little man. It's, it was Spawn. I always find that like whenever Spawn is on the original one is would it you Spawn? Ever feel bad that that's, isn't it Spawn? yeah the one movie that I would also say that man is in is yes. Spawn no, I know. it is so bad like that movie is garbage but it's whenever it's so on I'm bad. like why is he why is he in this <laughs> they're remaking it are they? Here, of course watch, they are um, Lily watches this and I don't like musicals but you've ever seen the Shrek musical? no watch it on Netflix is it good? It is so fucking funny. Is it a cartoon musical or a... No, it's like a, a musical oh, shot like on Broadway. Oh, And if it comes back to Broadway, when You're I tell you, go? I'm going. Uh, I For the guy who plays Lord Farquaad. I think Shrek is hilarious. The, the Shrek is hilarious. The live musical, the guy who plays Lord Farquaad is, was in a kid's TV show when I was growing up. Yeah. He is so fucking funny in it. Okay. It is so hilarious. Okay. Well, I always, honestly, I know people are like, Shrek, Shrek's funny. Shrek is so funny. Shrek is funny. I ain't ever, I ain't never meet anybody who didn't like parfait. <laughs> Shrek always makes me laugh. And I always, every single time I am in the airport, that's the only thing I think about. And you have to walk through the things. The oh, you think about? I just think of that, that part in Shrek <laughs> where the guy with the head is running. Through the things is the only thing I think about. Shrek stanchions. Is, that's what they're called. What are they called? Stanchions. I never knew that. Yeah. A stanchion. Yeah. I would, you, you can call them airport barriers but the but actual name for them is to my head if you were like what's that called? I would have been like barriers? Yeah. I don't know. I never knew a that was stanchion. Called. I learned something new today. Mm-hmm. A stanchion. I only learned that because in work we have a load of them. Oh. And I like to 5S everything so it needs to be labelled. Stanchion. And uh I was like in the Wikipedia what are these called and like, it's a stanchion and I was like what the fuck is a stanchion stanchion I was like stanchion sounds like something you've caught it does sound like I caught stanchion caught. in the 1940s and I've never been the same since John Murphy died from stanchion in the 90s it's like start of our story he was born in 1942 and then he got stanchion and died six months later um, have you any housekeeping housekeeping Okay, the first thing I want to do is uh, apologise because <gasps> I was very irate last week. It was last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last week's episode where Sarah Tuesday Jane... 11. Oh my God. I feel, I it is... 
I swear it feels like about a month ago. Uh, we, Sarah Jane and I talked about uh, body image and phobia and stuff like that and just the trauma of like... And how everybody in the world can go fuck themselves. Go fuck yourselves. And then at the end of our conversation, a lovely ad came on for fat freezing treatment what? or oh, something. Like, but I think, so the thing I think about I know ads, not everybody heard it. Yeah, I think not they're, everybody they're targeted. Them. Yeah. Um, so we did not know this until a lovely person on our Patreon told us. Um, and I was fucking irate. Now I will say it's not Golad's fault because they did ask us if there was anything we didn't want. And I, we genuinely did not even think of that. Like I didn't think I of just like didn't think that would cosmetic be cosmetic surgery ads. I didn't even know cosmetic surgery ads were on podcasts. We have spoken to them and they are not going those ads are not going to be played anymore on our episodes. Anything for like those And they said that they're not going to press charges against <laughs> us. They said leave the building. <laughs> There's not going to be ads for Noom or any of those online uh thingies or like cosmetic surgery things fat freezing things whatever yeah that's we tell, gone we told and, them no and I am we are well I am personally I'm sorry I, I was actually incredibly upset about that because just massively hypocritical for us to be speaking about those things and then an ad for that comes up so it won't happen again and I do apologise for that because I was very mad I thought you do apologise and I'm just sitting here silently Sarah doesn't give a fuck it's, <laughs> it's not my responsibility um, so we have to say hello to two people Colm is a more classy yes and he had his induction. And you know the way they do that thing where they're like, tell us a fact about yourself. Which my brain immediately just goes. Do, do you ever do you ever right, do that thing twitching. where they go uh, two truths, one lie? No, I can't. Please don't do it. I Listen, can't think if I ever own a company, I will never. Yeah, about myself. I'm like, if I ever own a company, I will never do that to people. I would like, just... two truths, one lie. I was like, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you know Quint from Dogs? <laughs> My great grandfather. <laughs> um, but yeah, Colin t- obviously told the people in the induction that he has podcast. Ah. And one of the girls in the induction went to, was talking to one of the security guards that works in the gallery and was like, oh, there's a guy working with us, Colin's name, and he has a podcast. And the guy went, no way, that can't be Colin from Murder Most Irish. <gasps> and then he came up to Colin and he was like, are you Colin from Murder Most Irish? And Colin was like, <gasps> Yeah, and he was like, no way, I love your podcast. He's like, I'm 50 episodes in. The girls are hilarious. I love it. I love the music. So then he took Colin to meet another security oh, no. guy and they listened to it together. Oh. She got him onto it. And the two of them were like, he was. He went up to her and he went, guess who this is? And she was like, who? And he went, housekeeping. And then they were like, dun, dun, oh dun, dun. Colin was like, what the hell? So Paul and Bernie, we just wanted to say hello. They're lovely. And they were so nice to That's Colin so about lovely. it. Which is really nice, isn't it? So hello to Paul and Bernie. Hi, Paul and Bernie. Do they work in the gallery? They work in the gallery, yes. Me and Lily are going to the gallery this weekend. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. You're not going Sunday. No, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. If you flake on me on Sunday, I'll I'm break your I'll break now. your fucking legs. I'll put this through your eyes. So I'll I'll break, get back, you get bastard. bastard! I'll break your break leg. Your leg. But thank you, Paul and Bernie. Hi, we just wanted to say hello because it's a pink pen. It's a pink pen. Pink pink panther, rinkling panther. These are just moments of Sarah being on it with concentrate on. Sarah has massive amounts of ADHD. I, my two best friends in the world have ADHD, and it's a fun time for Emma to deal with. Um, but that's it. Oh, Patreon. Colin will make me do this. Patreon. If you want to join the Patreon, six euro. I will do it this week. Jesus I can't vlog shit Vlogging shit Colin <laughs> um, But yeah uh, Yes the Patreon. the Patreon right Yeah It's great It's great over there oh, Do you know what you should do Give us a picture huh? You should go over to the Patreon <laughs> And you should join Because <laughs> You know what happens on the Patreon What happens on the Patreon More of this shite More of this nonsense 
We have an entire episode called MMI Drive where we drive around and I shout at people. Sarah gets uh, road rage and we talk about our trauma. And we talk about our childhoods. And and then Colin often does like really cool episodes of things where he talks about really interesting stuff and puts actual work into his life. If you're interested in Patreon, the one that's really bringing it to the Patreon is Colin. Yes, Colin does a great job. So uh, it's six euro a month. If you want to join, join. If you don't, don't. This week on Patreon, it's MMI Drive. Yes. What else? Uh, the, the mailbag. MMI Drive and the mailbag. That's it. What do you mean that's We're it? We're really selling this. How dare you? <laughs> well, we don't have a Lily's Tales. She's, she says she's out. Is she quit? Is she quit she's again? Done. She's in and out. She she's she's in and out. She's in and out. No, we, she needs to make a choice. Now. Um, she's a choice I was trying to rope Graham into doing something. We'll be ring him. Ring Graham. <laughs> He's going to know immediately. <laughs> he always cops this like. What we second. ask him? He goes, mind podcast. Well, I say to and him, then he uh, goes, beep, beep. Well, I ask him, <laughs> uh, what's your opinion on, on uh, what's happening in the world right now? Here you go, hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, hey. Here, um, <laughs> uh, is Lily there? She is, she's just about to get into bed. Alright, does she want to say something for the podcast? Do you want to say hello to the podcast, Lily? Yeah. Okay, what do you want on. to say? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody was uh, really liking your song, Lily. So you have to say thanks to everybody. Thank you! Aww. Uh, have you got any new songs you're writing? <clears throat> what are you working on? Um, <laughs> Oh, okay. and what's this one about? Valentine's. One. Valentine's. Valentine's. Okay, excellent. What does it go like? It's a surprise. It's okay. a surprise. Well, when it's finished and produced, and uh, there's a music video, Dolby surround sound. We need to hear it. Yeah, we're desperate to hear it. You How long it. do you reckon it'll take you and Granda to work on it? Two days. Two, Two days. days. Okay. She's prolific. She's belting the out. Have is. you got any more stories? Have you got any Lily's tales? Not today. <laughs> like, all right, okay. You've got nothing, nothing at all. Thank you. All right, okay. Today. Say good night to everybody. Wait, there's a special delivery. No, there's not. There's a what? What? Special delivery. No, there's not. A special delivery. <laughs> all right. Say good night to everybody. Good night. Night, Lily Pops. Night, Lily Pops. Okay, bye. <laughs> Great. Graham's like no interest in being on. No, he doesn't want to. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't blame him. I do blame him. He's had enough of our bullshit to do in my lifetime. Um, what else was there? Oh, else? shit, that charged fast. Oh. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, in terms of like the mailbag? Whatever you want. No, we want to talk about it. I don't have mailbag. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I just want to say, I hope everybody's okay. I know the news is a nightmare and the world's a nightmare and everything's awful. Um, I just hope everyone's okay and looking after their mental health. Yeah, so I think for me it was probably, I, last week in particular, I just, like I had to go to my office by myself and have a little cry. Yeah, it's horrific. Um, it's deeply upsetting and it's deeply upsetting for everybody involved and it's also deeply upsetting for the people of colour who are once again being sidelined and blind and treated so terribly, I don't even understand, like yeah. I, I just can't. I just hope everyone's okay. I know everyone's not, but like... No, and I think that the other thing that's really uh, important is that like, give yourself permission to like, 
turn off. Yeah. I think there's that thing like, where we always feel guilt for turning when, off. Yeah, we do. And I know I suffer I with suffer it. I suffer for it and all like, the time. In this situation, you actually are powerless. Yeah, just give You don't yourself... have any control over nope. it. You can't influence it. You can't stop it from happening. There are ways you can help. There are ways we've that you can place, definitely help. Yeah, we put up things on um, our, our Instagram page if you want to. But I'm sure it, it's also like perfectly okay to be like, I actually I just have, have to, just to do my daily routine. Step back. Because yep. if I keep doing what I'm doing by looking at all of this tremendous atrocities, yep. I won't be able to function. And please be aware that the media actively make you feel bad like they yeah, uh, their headlines and their information is done in a way because as it's shown negative media and it's war so it's negative but negative and upsetting media is more effective than positive media so yeah. uh, things will be sold to you that you were just like I have to keep looking I have to keep looking I have to keep looking but just look after your mental health and to anybody and that has an awful lot of the images that are being shared on Twitter and on like legitimate news sites like I watched I was looking I was reading the BBC and they showed images in an article I was reading and the images are from Israel yeah no the images are for a lot of those images that are coming through are from Afghanistan Iran Iraq Palestine yeah so just be aware that an awful lot of fake shit is being spread. It's war. There's propaganda. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, just know that like once you are, your heart is in the right place and just if you need to help, help. But yeah, log off for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, give yourself like, a break. And it's not the first thing my therapist said to me. Give yourself Read a break. Read the news, Emma. And I was like, I can't help it. So just, if, um, yeah, just take yeah, a break. Yeah, and I think as well because it's just happened. Yeah. Right, so it's just happened. It's so fresh and It's a thing of like, I know for me the 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 day the invasion started, I I because the sirens played in Kiev and then there was a notification on Kiev media that the bombing was going to start at three a.m. Yeah, I woke up to check to see if it happened. Yeah, like I wasn't, I was so upset like that. Yeah, even, and it is upsetting. It's super upsetting it's it, because it's. But it's like ever. It's unfortunately like you can't. This is a madman, and you can't influence no. it. Um, and just and give yourself the give yourself the permission and, just and to give be yourself like, the I space. Step back. So I know me and Emma have spoken about like I do get that thing where I'm like I'm on my phone, and then I'm like yeah. you're overwhelmed by it. And you can't you get always away feel like it. if you're not looking at it, you're not informed. Yeah, and, and you're, you're ignoring it. Ignoring it, and you're, it and you're like. Oh, look at my little life and I'm just going like like even what's weird in work today I was talking to one of the girls I work with and she's like isn't it so bizarre that we're just sitting here typing on our computers and drinking tea and eating food and laughing and joking and this thing is happening literally a couple of hours away from us and she was like and we're just but I was like that's what was happening in World War One. that's what was happening in and World War II and that is the II. thing I had the exact like, same so I had a, a, a colleague as well who when we were talking about it he was he was saying the same thing yeah and I was like yes I was like however I was like the big because he was like that's what like it's like we haven't learned like we did in World War Two, we all just sat down and went to work and I was like but there are there is this is a very different time oh, and yeah. the difference is is that like you have access into people's lives in Ukraine. And also, we, we as human beings, I always say this, we are not, and our brains are not meant to take in this much information. No. We are not meant to take in this much information. Oh, Jack! Jack agrees. Jack is involved. Uh, but we're not. You fucking bitch with your can of Coke. Can you share? I don't like Diet Coke. 
Why are you mad at me then? Because you should have got me a canical. I'll, that was in my fridge from the other day. And you're a bitch. And I'm going to take my no baby pill even though I'm not having sex. A smelly bitch. No sex for him. No sex Take that dirty dick away from me. But no, honestly though, uh, I'm opening my coke, sorry. Um, we're not meant to digest this much horrific um, news. We're just not. Do you want to know what good news? Good mm. news? Mm. Dermot Bannon's back on the telly. Sarah wants to bone Dermot Bannon. If nobody knows who Dermot Bannon is, he's the patron saint of architecture in the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I need to get you a candle with him just like that. <laughs> Jack, do you want to go out? Why are you screaming? Jack, shut the fuck up. We're trying to record, man. Um, I'm going to get Don't you a Dermabannel candle. Yeah, I would like a Dermabannel candle. Actually, I think... Um, I patron could, saint of houses, Dermabannel. Patron saint of no, Irish patron, architecture. Patron saint of a good um, extension. Patron saint of uh, mezzanines in mezzanines houses in that you don't need one. Um, Jack, what do you have to say? But Do you like Dermabannel? Jack, wow. what, what do you have to say? Yeah, I think we need to put Jack out because everyone's going to be able to hear him purring. Come here. Ow, boo! <laughs> <laughs> I'll go put a mouse on. Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian, bell bag and some surprises along the way but that's not all every single week due to popular demand we will be bringing you a full length story whether it be miscellaneous most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show murder most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favourite albums but wait there's even more how about MMI Drive the fan favourite podcast show where MNC Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. But yes, okay, so my story this week, my references are bbc.co.uk, The Independent, The Independent, The Irish Examiner, The Irish Times, Irish Times, Irish Examiner, Irish Times, Irish Independent. Thanks for all those. And I got some information from the lovely Men's Raya podcast as well. Men's Raya. And just a shout out to Colin and I's friend who told me about this story because he grew up in this area. And the last time he was over here, he was like, you should definitely do this story. He asked me not to name him, which I completely understand. Um, but thank you very, very much. So thank you very much, uh, unnamed friend, but I won't Thank say. you very much, unnamed friend. Yeah, because he was like, don't fucking mention my name. And I was like, I won't. So I'm going to mess text him today and be like, hey, we did the story you were telling me about. Um, we I did, actually uh, haven't you heard text of this him at all. And be like, we did the story and we did a 15 minute biography And I you. told everybody everything about you. Yeah. Um, Where does he work? <laughs> Um, I haven't heard of this you might have heard of this but I haven't heard I actually hadn't heard of this until he told me are they from me. my area? no they're from Dunshockland in Meath oh jeez um, but I hadn't heard of this at all and then only when he told me and I was like Jesus and when he was here he was like finding articles and he was like this is crazy Um, so 
I'm going to start. This is the murder of Colleen Mulder, which, yeah, it's, well, it's a, it's a South African surname of the gentleman involved. There's a lady African, that go, so. I have to listen to on a call every morning and she's from South Africa, South Africa and she has the best accent. They have the best accent. But for the longest time, I didn't know where she's from. Her accent is not like... A lot of people confuse it with like New Zealand. Well, she sounds like a posh Indian lady. Oh, but I love I love a South African accent. Mm. I think it's lovely. Um, so I will start. At the age of seven years old, Colleen Pollock moved from Bangor County down to South Africa. In the mid-1980s, Colleen met traffic policeman, policeman Anton Mulder. Colleen married Anton in 1985, and as the economic situation in South Africa worsened, Anton was made redundant, so the two decided to move back to Colleen's hometown of Bangor in order for Anton to find work. So at the time, Colleen and Anton had two small children, and although they had hoped to move the move to Ireland would be permanent, there were some difficult years for the couple and their children as they kept moving between Ireland and South Africa due to Anton finding difficulty securing a full time job. Imagine moving from Ireland to South Africa constantly. I have people that work with me that, that, that journey, um, man. They that's go a back fuck of a journey, Jesus. In two in two thousand and two, Anton finally found a promising job as a regional manager for KFC. Family then moved to rented accommodation in Dunshockland in County. A dream job. Colleen and Anton would go on to have six children. But tragically, in July 2004, Colleen would suffer a miscarriage. Colleen was devastated at the loss of her child and began to suffer from bouts of depression, according to Anton. Her marriage to Anton began to deteriorate. Colleen seemed to no longer want to be with him and they began sleeping in separate bedrooms. There were also rows over who would have custody of their younger children if they did separate. Colleen's sister Anne would tell of various phone calls Colleen made to her telling her she was considering her options which is basically like I'm either going to stay or I'm going to leave. The two also visited a solicitor together as Colleen was looking for advice on gaining full custody of her children if she decided to leave Anton. Oh. So she so was she obviously the, didn't like him she at was, all. No, she was in the process of like getting the fuck out of there. A few weeks after Anne had visited the solicitor with Colleen she received a phone call from Anton asking if they could meet to talk in Belfast. Anne was taken aback by this as she rarely spoke to Anton and they did not have any sort of relationship to speak to. Like, she was like, I didn't speak to him. He was my, this is his sister. His sister's wife. Like, his sister in law. She was like, I didn't really speak to him. We didn't have a relationship. I didn't really like him. But she was like, why is he ringing me to talk to me? But she agreed and she went. Anne described the meeting as Anton trying to get information about his wife from her sister. So basically, he was like, he knew something was going on and he was trying to fish to see if he could figure out something. Oh, her. okay. He told Anne he was concerned about Colleen's mental health and that he believed she may be having seen, may have been seeing another man named Johan. Anne told him she knew nothing. So he basically okay. met up with Anne to be like, what do you know? Oh. But then being like, I'm really concerned about Colleen. Yeah. No, you weren't. During this time, Colleen had begun to spend more and more time at her mother's house in Bangor. And in November t- 2008, she made a decision to take her children and move there for as long as it would take to get a house of her own. However, she did not inform Anton of this, merely telling him she was staying with her mother for a little break and that she would return. Oh, okay. And is she still living with him? At that point, she was back and forth. She was staying, she was in the house, but then she kept going back to her mum's house for like days on end. So she was obviously trying to break to get away from him. Um, Colleen did not want Anton to know she was planning on leaving him as she wanted to make sure she could retain full custody of her children. She was basically keeping him sweet. Being like, oh, I'm not leaving you. I'm just going to my mum's for a couple of days, you know, because she needs help or whatever. But she was trying her best to kind of get away from him. But I think what her fear was is that if she left, he'd be like, you're not taking the kids. Right. Um, 
which Jerry did to my mother. So I fully understand this. Really? Yeah, about Catherine. Yeah. He had Catherine as leverage constantly. So I'm not this. When I was reading this, I was like, yeah. Like if mum was like, I'm going, he'd be like, you're not fucking taking that child with you. So he constantly did that. So when uh, I was reading this, I was like, okay, this makes sense. My mom and dad used to do this thing where they'd be like, you take her. <laughs> no, like they'd be like, which one do you, which, which, who do you want to go live with? Oh my God, it's so fucked up. I'd be like, not neither of you. Please stop. Like, don't do that to your children. Fuck's sake, man. People. So one month later, in December 2004, Colleen decided to return to Dunshawklin with her children so they could spend Christmas with their father. On the morning of the 17th of December 2004, you can guess where this going, a woman arrived at Dunshawklin Garda Station in a distressed state. After speaking to the woman and gathering as much information as they could, Gardy arrived to a property in Maildoon, Dunshockland. Upon entering the property, the Garda found a man sitting in the living room. When the Gardy asked him his name, he told him it was Antoine Mulder. Mulder began to get upset. He cried and paced around the living room. And when he was asked what had happened, he told the Gardy that his wife was upstairs. It was there they would find 41-year-old Colleen Mulder lying on her bed wearing a pair of pyjamas. Colleen was unresponsive and there was no pulse. The Gardaí phoned for an ambulance and when it arrived, the responders began trying to resuscitate Colleen. It was to no avail and Colleen Mulder was pronounced dead at the scene. Four of her six children were in the house. Jesus. 41 years old. How old are her kids? So she had from, at that time, they were from the ages of, I believe, five. And then her oldest was like 18 oh yeah and who went to the so she who went to the police station i don't know i couldn't find out they're like a woman arrived in a distressed state no article said who the woman was so maybe she didn't want to have her name out there yeah not a thing because i was like who arrived because her no it was wasn't any of her kids and her two oldest sons weren't in the house and they're both dudes so it wasn't them but yeah no article stated who it was and even the lovely men's road didn't say because that's what i actually went to do i went to look i went to listen to men's road to see if she Figured it, figured it out, but no. The Gardy shoddy with- detective journalism here. <laughs> the Gardy sat with Anton and asked him what had happened to his wife. He told them he had quote um, had an argument with verbal abuse. I grabbed her around the neck and told her to shut up and leave me alone. Colleen and Anton's children were removed from the house, and her younger children were taken into temporary care as their father was arrested for the assault of their mother. What? So they didn't say murder at the time; they said assault. The house was cordoned off and a forensics team was called. At 1pm, Anton Mulder was taken for questioning to Navangarda Station. There he was detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. The next day, on Saturday the 18th of December, Anton Mulder attended a sitting at the District Court in Navan. Mulder was charged uh, with assault causing harm. So still not murder, even though she's dead. And he was like, yeah, I put my, arms around, my hands around her throat. Upon being discharged, or sorry, upon being charged, Mulder had responded with one word. Yeah. That was it. That's what I said. Mulder was not granted bail as per the request from the state as he had no ties to the state and there was a possibility he might not recognise or adhere to bail conditions. So do so they were order. like, just fuck off. Yeah. So 43-year-old Mulder was remanded to Cloverhill Prison. Oh, what a place. And it was here he would stay until February of 2005. On the 1st of February, Mulder was charged with the murder of his wife, Colleen Mulder. So he was re-arrested on the 1st of February. And instead of assault, Why? because they obviously got the forensics back and all that stuff. And um, they were like, she, he, they charged him with murder. So when the charges were brought to, brought to Mulder, he denied murdering his wife, but he did plead, plead guilty to manslaughter. So he was like, it was an accident. I didn't know I hurt her. Oh, okay. The usual. The court did not accept this plea. 
So they were like, you're going to trial. And on Tuesday the 3rd of May, the trial began. If I go to prison, if I'm in court and someone has died, under no circumstances was it a mistake. I fucking killed them. I did that shit and it wasn't accidental. <laughs> it's not manslaughter. We got this. This is like that John Mulaney joke where they're yeah. reading back what they said. Yeah. Do you want me to kill, kill that, that guy, guy for you? I murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> um, the trial began quite eventfully with a man standing up and shouting, you murdering bastard, as Mulder entered the courtroom. This man was Colleen's brother, William Pollock. William was called before the judge, where he apologised for the outburst, stating it was an emotional time, as his sister had been murdered. Justice Paul Carney, who was presiding over the trial, Justice Carney himself, sent Pollock to the cells underneath the building, but did accept his apology later on that day. Sorry. Sent him to the cells. Off you go down. Yep. However, Pollock will go on to cause further trouble in this trial. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, he doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. So on May 4th, Jared Clark, on behalf of the state, told the court that it was their belief that on the morning of December 17th, Anton Mulder strangled his wife to death in her bedroom. Jared stated that Anton and Colleen had a tumultuous relationship and that in the, that in the years before Colleen's death, it began to get worse as Colleen did not want to be married to Anton anymore. When Anne's, uh, sorry, when Colleen's sister took the stand, this is Anne, she told the court about her sister's unhappiness and how she wanted to get away from Anton. When cross-examined by Mulder's solicitor, Roddy O'Hanlon, the main line of questioning was if Anne was aware her sister may have been having an affair with a man named Johan. So their entire case was like, oh, your sister was with another man. So she deserved to be strangled to death in her house with four of her fucking children downstairs. What's that got to do with her? Fucking man. Anne said she knew of Johan and that he was a good friend of Colleen's and nothing more. So that's what she said. So Andrea Pollock, Colleen's sister-in-law, took the stand next and told the court that she and Colleen were very good friends, that she was an exceptionally kind person and like a second mother to her children. A few days after Colleen's death, Andrea went to Colleen's house and it was here she found a tape, a note and a mobile phone. The contents of the note deeply upset Andrea and she brought all three items to the Guardian immediately. Now, what I find weird about that, wouldn't the Guardian have searched the house? Yeah. Where did they find, like, did she just find it knocking about? Just found it in the house and brought it to the Guardian. Unfortunately, a lot of what Andrea told the court was considered hearsay and the contents of the note were never revealed to the jury or anybody. So you can't find the contents of the the note. We don't know. Sealed, completely sealed, and she, apparently when she got up on the on the on the stand, she kept like they were asking her questions, but she wasn't answering them correctly. She kept just being like, "Well, I heard. Well, I heard." Like she was, it was conjecture. Uh, so it got to the point where they were like, "This woman is just she is talking, not, like she's just witness. saying she's a bad witness." But at the same time, I'm like, "What the fuck was in that note?" Don't know. We'll never know. When the two guardie who had first been on the scene to the house in Chocolate <laughs> took the stand. Wait to hear this. They mentioned how they had noticed bruising around Colleen's neck and that Anton seemed very upset. When they brought Anton in for questioning, he told them that he, quote, lived in fear of Colleen. Sorry. So this is when the case takes a turn because he starts arguing that he was being domestically abused. Excuse me. He then told the guardie that he had on many occasions barricaded himself inside his daughter's bedroom to escape her, her abuse. So. Colleen's friend, 
41-year-old South African Johan de Waal, this is the guy that she was apparently banging. So she likes South African men? Yeah, was the next to take the stand. He was actually friends with Anton. That's how she knew him. Johan had also been friends with Anton and told the court how he had met Anton at a party a number of months before Colleen's death. And he had told Antine, Anton sorry, that he was, quote, sick of his family. So Anton was like, I don't like my family. I hate them. I hate this country. I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to get rid of them. I don't want to be around them. Okay. Johan said that Anton was allegedly going to take out a second mortgage on their house, max out the couple's credit cards and return to South Africa. Abandoning his family completely. So this is what he told this guy at a party. The guy Sounds that, like a great guy. The guy that he believes is banging his wife. So. Johan stated that he and Colleen were very good friends but had slept together on two occasions. Oh, okay. <laughs> he stated that he did not think what he and Colleen had was in any way an affair. They did slept together. Kind of was, sir. Yeah. Another, what did he think it was? I don't know. Just friends. <laughs> you love men. <laughs> He's like, we're friends. But we did have sex. But we did have sex. But we not... did have sex. And she is married but to it was my friend. Not a an but it's not an affair. Okay. So he said he was like, it's not an affair. I'm sure everyone in the court was like, oh, okay. So another friend of Anton's, I hope I say this correctly, Christy Courtson, took the stand and he told the court that on December 8, 2004, Anton had come to his house in a really irate state. He told Christy that he was very unhappy with his life and his marriage and that he, quote, felt like picking up a knife and making an end to her. Jesus. Her being Colleen. When asked why he did not go to the Gardaí with this information when it happened, Quartzen told the court that he did not take it seriously at the time. So he was like, I just thought he was being a, a man. Yeah. Men are odd. But I said to you, I'm going to murder Graham. No, you say that to me all the time. But oh. if you came over to my house and you were like, Emma, listen, I'm actually going to do this. I'd be like, right, well, we need to tell Graham to leave. <laughs> we need to get Graham to like, no, safe you're going to get him. Fucking <laughs> run. Um, so you help me. Another friend of Mulder's. What's fucked up here is Johan, whatever. But this guy, Christy, he worked with him and then he worked with this other gentleman I'm going to talk about. So he was telling people in his job. Oh. So that's why I'm like, because if someone in my job, if a man in my job was talking about murdering his wife, I absolutely will call the guardian. Yeah. 100%. So another friend of Mulder's, Andreas Lobser, 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 I apologise, confirmed the claims Christy had made about Mulder stating he wanted to murder his wife, except this time he told Lobser, I am going to kill her. In this country, it's easy. Five or six years and I'm still young when I'm out then. Which is fucked, but also true. Which really upset me because I was like, he's right. He's not wrong. What? How many men have we heard have murdered their partners yeah, and it like was six, like seven, seven years, years later? He's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. And people were like, oh my God. I'm like, but he's right. Yeah. And that's how fucked up our judicial system is. That this piece of shit was like, I'll just murder and I'll be out in five years. I'm still young. He's this not wrong. Insane. It's so dark. But he said this to somebody? He said that to Andreas. Then he told Christy that he wanted to murder and put an end, a knife in her. And then he told Johan that he was going to like leave his family. And, st- and take Three all people. Money. Okay. But he was like, I was being domestically abused. Yeah. So Clinton Mulder, Colleen and Anton's oldest son was the next to address the court. He spoke of have, not having a good relationship with his father. They didn't get along due to how Anton treated their family. Quote, it was his way or the highway. Mm, and they gave him that terrible name. 
Clinton said that his parents fought a lot and that he'd never, but he had never seen his father hit his mother. Like that had never okay. something occurred. But that Mulder would become enraged during their arguments and quote destroy the whole house. He told his the court, sorry, that his mother was quote scared of him. So, like domestic abuse is not just someone punching you no. in the face. Domestic abuse is someone coming home and, and breaking up your gaff. Yeah, that's domestic abuse and being like basically being like, look what I've done to this house. That's what I'll do to you. Yeah, and you're like, like you're watching someone. Yeah, and like so you're like really fearful. Yeah, that the creating that fear yeah. of being like, what's going to happen next? He's going to kick off. It's like whenever you see these girls on TikTok and Instagram and they're like showing pictures of her boyfriend punching a hole in the wall. Yeah. Get away. Yeah. Get away because it won't be the wall that he punches no. next. Men are emotional. <laughs> super emotional fools. Yeah. Clinton told the court that in early December he had gone on a trip and when he returned his father began acting very out of character. Quote, he was just really nice which wasn't him. So he's being like, hey friend. Mm. He told the court, uh, quote, before he wouldn't let my friends in. It would have been about a half hour and then he would have t- thrown them all out. When I came back, he was telephoning me, telling me to bring my friends home with beer and we could play pool all night. So his character kind of changed. He was being super nice. Now, this to me sounds premeditated. Yeah. That he was being the nice guy. Yeah. And so if he did something wrong, it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So a daughter of Colleen's and Anton's, who could not be named for legal legal reasons, gave evidence via video link. So Colleen's just in parentheses, Colleen's youngest children were being taken care of by Colleen's 73-year-old mother. So four oh of her younger children, yeah. She told the court uh, that she avoided being in our house when her mother was away. Quote, I preferred when my mum was there, I was kind of scared of my dad. So if her mum went away, she'd go stay in a friend's house. Okay. She didn't want to be with him by herself. She said that her parents argued regularly and that they believed it was her father who stated, star- she believed it was her father that started most of the fights. She said he used to try and start fights and she would tell him to leave her alone. That was like constantly happening in the house. He would oh, okay. just pick fights. She told the court that on the morning of her mother's death, she had heard her mother and father shouting at one another. She said he, Colleen was telling Anton to leave her alone just leave me alone leave me alone that's what she kept shouting oh god the girl this said woman. I know the girl said that her and her sister had been watching TV downstairs when they heard the fighting upstairs she said her sister went upstairs when it became silent she then came downstairs in tears saying their father had killed their mother <gasps> so the girl that was on the video link she then herself went upstairs and she said quote I saw my mum lying on the bed and my, my, my dad standing over her he was looking down on her crying when cross-examined as to why she failed to tell the guardie this information on the day of the incident, she said she was terrified and had forgotten. And like, do you know why I always... Like, I'd say she's no she's older than shock. like 10. No yeah. older than 10. She's a 10-year-old. Like, a statement was... It's weird, right? Because people will be like, oh, how did she forget? I used to live in a house in Cabra. And when I was living in that apartment, it got broken into. And when the guards came to talk to me, when I tell you I forgot everything, like, it's just that, that I, mean, I calmed down eventually and I was like, okay, this has happened. But they were asking me questions and I was like, I don't, I can't, you're just because you're in a panic. Yeah. Your brain kind of blocks out things that happened. But then when I sat down and I had a cup of tea, I was like, okay, this is what happened and this is what happened. Imagine that for a 10 year old. Yeah. Like, you know what the fuck is going no, on. Oh, and these people are terrified of their dad. And they're living in a house where this is constantly happening. Mm. Like, um, where was I? Okay, so a statement was then read to the court that Anton Mulder had given to the guardie on the day of his arrest. Anton told the guardie that there had been problems in his marriage for about four months and it had gotten so bad that he had picked up literature about domestic abuse from a domestic violence group called Amen. Yeah, no, this man is planning. Like- it's 
completely premeditated. Mulder said his wife regularly verbally abused him, quote, throwing out 10,000 pages of words. What? He's like, she just would like say awful things to me. So the morning of Colleen's death, the two had been arguing about what he called a private matter when he alleged Colleen told him that he had never been a father to his six children. It was then Mr. Mulder said he, quote, snapped. And then Then he he snapped. snapped. He said, I grabbed her by the chin, neck, face, all over. I just wanted her to shut up. Oh, God. He said he did not notice that she was badly injured. He said her death was a complete accident. Lies. Lies. The lousy tale. Lies. He told the guardie that after the argument, he had gone downstairs. Allegedly. Allegedly called his his friend in Dunshockland, who was a solicitor. What? So he asked the solicitor to call the guardie and an ambulance as opposed to doing it himself, as he believed, quote, Colleen would accuse me of assault when she came downstairs. So he was like, I just called my solicitor friend in Shockland and I said, will you just call the guardian and ambulance and also I need you on my side because she's going to say I assaulted her. But you did assault her. But you did assault her. So she did come down, you did assault her. You did assault her. But, but she you actually de- murdered her. You, you knew she was dead in the bed, so what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Like, you know when someone's dead, sir. Yeah. So on Thursday the 4th of May, this fucking idiot William Pollock the guy they shouted you murdering bastard mm. and his wife were both removed from the court now this will come into importance towards the end of this they were both removed from the court and they were told they would no longer allowed to be anywhere near the court what were they doing a juror came forward to tell Justice Carney that William no. Pollock had approached him outside the court and asked to borrow his newspaper he then proceeded to read aloud an article about Colleen's case in front of the juror what the fuck? He then told the juror that he was the person who had caused the commotion in the court on the first day of the trial. The juror said Pollock had become far too familiar and had smiled and waved at him on occasion inside the court. The juror said he felt this behaviour was inappropriate, inappropriate, but he was happy to continue with his duties. So fair play. He did come forward and been like, this guy is being way too familiar with me and I don't know him and he shouldn't be doing this. He's like a, mem- a family member. He's of trying the to influence ladies. court. So... The juror, judge was like, you have, have you been influenced by this? And he was like, not at all. And he was like, right, we're going to go ahead. We're just going to keep going. So on Tuesday, the 9th of May, the jury was sent out. I do that for you, by the way. Thanks. That day, being unable to reach a verdict, they were sent to spend the night in a hotel. I bet it was the shittiest hotel. I wonder what that Ashton hotel. I think they do get sent to the Ashton. Yeah, I fucking guarantee they do. The next day, the jury returned with a unanimous verdict. Anton Mulder was guilty of the murder of his wife. Yay! The judge passed down a life sentence. So outside the court, Colleen's sister Anne tried to to subdue Christopher Mulder, who was their other oldest son, as he told reporters that if his father had not been found guilty, he would have, quote, taken justice in his own hands. Oh, good God. Anne told reporters that she was happy with today's verdict, but that she felt a lot of information about the case had not been discussed in court and she was very confused as to why that was. So she basically said, we had loads of other information because she thought it, he was going to get off because a lot of the stuff, like the tape, the letter, all that stuff, she was like, we had all this information. It wasn't discussed in court. So she had convinced himself he was going to walk. So she was quite shocked when he got... Murder? When he got murdered. She was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, she also said she did not wish to think about Anton Mulder ever again, which is fair enough. 
Surprise, surprise, Mulder made an appeal. Yeah, and I would say he got the appeal his because team, these fucking idiots. idiots. His team said that Aunt Anton did not receive a fair trial. He couldn't have. Due to William Pollock's behaviour towards a jury member and his outburst yeah. in court. During the appeal, presided by Justice O'Sullivan, Mr. O'Hallan said that any interference with the jury would ultimately mean the jury would have to be discharged. Mr. Clark argued that dismissing the jury completely would have been an overreaction. So the two solicitors were like, shouldn't have happened. And the other guy was like, that's an overreaction. It was only one juror and he said it didn't affect him. So Justice O'Sullivan then asked to speak to the juror that Mr. Pollock had been approaching. When he asked the juror if Mr. Pollock had made him uncomfortable or made him feel like he could not carry out his duties, the juror said that Pollock was just over familiar and this had no effect on his duties whatsoever. The appeal was allowed and a retrial was ordered. Fuck! So on the 14th of January 2008, a second trial began under Justice O'Higgins. Anton Mulder pleaded not guilty once again to the murder of Colleen. These people had to go through this all again. Yeah. Because their fucking stupid brother couldn't shut his fucking mouth. Like, I understand being, like, angry, but you were actively affecting the trial of your of your deceased yeah. sister. You fucking dope. So, once again... Dope William, is a great word. Dope is a great word. Once again, William and Andrea Pollock were told not to come anywhere near the fucking courtroom. And did they? Nope, they didn't. Fair enough now. They were told. Like, he, the, the judge was like, you don't even step, like, 40 feet outside the door of this courtroom. You do not come near it. So they had to... They weren't allowed anywhere near it. The guardie gave evidence again, as well as Colleen's sister. Do you find out what's on the Nope. The same evidence was put forward about how the guardie found Mulder on the day of Colleen's death and how Mulder still maintained he was being abused. Mulder was not abused. The guardie also mentioned that Colleen had threatened to have him... Oh, he... Sorry. The guardie also mentioned that Mulder told them that Colleen had threatened to have him shot and that he, he habitually barricaded himself inside his daughter's rooms in fear someone was going to burst through the door and shoot him. Now, Mulder's daughters said their father did not habitually stay in their bedroom. No. They were like, he didn't do that. That's a scene from Munich. And you know what's weird? Just somewhere all aware. The night before she was murdered, he slept in his daughter's bedroom. Yeah. Because he knew, knew it was soon. fucking premeditated. So state pathologist Michael Curtis was called to the stand. He told the court that Colleen had died from strangulation. He said it would not take have taken much pressure or a very long time to cause Colleen's death. I just wrote in parentheses. Just wanted to note that on the day Colleen was removed from her house, I thought this was very sweet, a number of children approached the hearse and touched the back window in tribute to the dead woman. I just thought that was really sweet. Like kids, they were like, put their hands in the window to say goodbye to her. I just thought that was really fucking sweet, man. Like, Isn't that really sad? 40, dude, I'm 37. Four years older than me. That's alien. Six kids. Try it. Yeah. I'd be dead in two seconds. I'd fucking kill you. Please. <laughs> take, take me out. Take me out. So doctor... Right, so this is funny. So the two psychiatrists started fighting. Oh, God. Not physically, but Dr. Connor O'Neill... They had uh, an, They had a disagreement. A disagreement. An intellectual argument. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Connor O'Neill... Hmm. A consultant forensic psychiatrist with the Central Mental Hospital was called to the stand and he told Mulder's solicitor that Mulder had been suffering a, quote, moderate to mild depressive illness and he had been showing symptoms of this for some months before his wife's death. Now, I just want to say, this is, I don't mean to dis because I love psychiatrists and I love therapists and I love the medical, the mental health things. I'm all into them. But the amount of these people that will say what they are told to, to say in court to get paid is insane. Have you listened to that season 
of Unraveled. Which one? So the 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 season of Unraveled that's before the season. No, I have to listen to that. Is one. all about experts. That oh, the experts, like the blood splatter experts, and all those people. And it's like these people just get paid yeah. money, so they will say what they need to say. Yeah. So he was basically saying, "Oh, Mr. Mulder was depressed," and they were like, "But how do you know he was depressed? You he didn't, wasn't. You weren't treating him. He wasn't being treated. You were like they were he like, hadn't you gone to a doctor. You weren't treating him. He hadn't seen a doctor. He wasn't on he any hadn't medication. Spoken to any professional. It's very easy for him to say to you now. Oh, I was super depressed." So they were trying to explain away his behavior. They were basically trying to, they tried to say that this was under the, um, like an insanity clause. That's what they were trying to do here. And the, the court was like, no. So however, Dr. Paul O'Connell, who was called by the state, told the court that he could not believe Mr. Mulder was suffering from depression at the time of Colleen's death, calling him, quote, an unreliable historian who was consistently contradictory during their assessments. So you say one thing, and then say another thing because he couldn't keep up with his bullshit. Mm. Dr. O'Connell called Anton Mulder, quote, cunning, deceitful and manipulative. Mm. He said he believed his colleagues had accepted everything Mr. Mulder had told them at face value. He also said the medication prescribed to Mulder in jail was generally given to prisoners finding it difficult to adjust to life in jail and that it was nothing to do with his alleged depression from years previous. So the other psychiatrist was like, oh, he's on antidepressants. And the, this guy was like, because he's in jail. Yeah. You're not going to go to jail and go, I'm having the best time of my life, like. Some people do. Some people do. Uh, I watched this really terrible documentary. Well, it was a good documentary, but there was this really terrible, like, recurring theme. And it was, like, all young black men in America. Yeah. And um, it's like, this 17-year-old, and he'd killed, he'd stabbed, he'd shot a guy on the street. And, um... Just randomly? No, it was, like, to do with drugs. Okay. So, this guy was, like, selling on his corner, and he went up and shot him, and he was, like, it was, like, it, I was a gang, I had to do it. And the guy was, and it was Louis Theroux, and Louis Theroux was like, um, like, how do you feel when you're in prison? Like, how do you feel about being here? And he was like, honestly, I feel better when I'm here. Really? He was like, I, like, my, he said his mother was a sex worker. Structure. And a crack addict, and his sister was a sex worker and a crack addict. And he said, like, he had, like, he was like, I, I was in a gang because I had no other choice. Nothing he said no else. other option. Yeah. And he was like, I have... Structure. Yeah, he didn't use that word, and but he, he was like, I feel better here. Three square meals a day. Yeah. And nobody trying to murder him. Yeah. And. Well. Well, but you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Actually, weirdly enough, I'll say at the end of this, because to be perfectly honest, I don't really want to talk about this guy because I don't like him and he's a murderer. But anyway, I will talk. Now that you said that, I will talk about it. Um. So on January 24th, the jury retired. The following morning, the jury returned with their vict- vict- ha, verdict. Anton Mulder was found guilty of murdering Colleen Mulder. Yes! Again. Outside the court, Anne spoke to the media. She said, quote, To get the verdict once was a miracle. To get it twice, I don't even know what to say. He's got what he deserved, and I don't think we could be any happier. And I feel that maybe now my sister can rest in peace. God love her. Colleen's son, Clinton, said through tears, We got justice for my mum, and in a way, justice for all of us. Hmm. And guess what? This motherfucker appealed again. Sorry. In 2009, Anton and his team argued that, quote, the trial judge had wrongly excluded as not relevant evidence from a psychiatrist who had treated Mulder after objections by the prosecution. It was argued that the decision had damaged Mulder's defence of diminished responsibility and rendered the conviction, sorry, conviction unsafe. So basically what he said was there was another psychiatrist that had spoken to him uh, a, a lady psychiatrist and the state were like you're not bringing her in 
She has never spoken to him before this. She doesn't know anything about him. And everything she's saying is primarily based on what he is telling her. So you're not bringing her in. And then when he went to do this again, he was like, well, they wouldn't speak to her. And she said I had diminished capacity. So that's why I didn't get a fair trial. I hate this one. That was verbatim from the Irish Times, by the way. So the DPP argued that the judge's ruling was, quote, perfectly appropriate. Yeah. Three judges in the Court of Appeal, Mr. Justice, again, another fucking appeal, like uh, Mr. Justice Nicholas Carnes, Justice Mary Irvine and Mr. Justice John Edwards rejected Mulder's appeal and were like, no, you're not getting this. Go to jail. Hmm. In March of 2020, Anton Mulder was released from prison. (gasps) What? Yep. He was right. He's 59 years old. He was out. He was young. He's fucking right. So. Mulder was released on license. <clears throat> so this is from Wikipedia, what releasing on license is from, because I've actually never heard of this before. So we have to check in as police. Release from prison on standard license, which lasts for the remainder of the offender's sentence, unless the conditions of the license are breached. If the conditions are breached, the offender must be recalled to custody. This differs from parole in that the release process occurs automatically at a set point during the sentence, where parole, whereas parole must be approved by the parole board. So basically he's out. If he does one thing wrong, he's straight back to jail. Basically a cop. Basically, yeah. Because he could, be do- he could be doing shit, but nobody knows. But he's out living in town. He lives in town? Mm-hmm. In 2017, live? Christopher Tell Mulder... Tell everybody. <laughs> and this is actually very sad. In 2017, Christopher Mulder passed away, his son. What? With his brother Clinton passing away a year later Sorry? in 2018. Both his, both their sons died. Both had suffered greatly with their mental ha- health after the death of their mother. Two of them passed Did away. Did they complete suicide? Mm, I'm not sure... I think it might have been. But yeah, they both died. Him, what you were just saying, Anton Mulder. <clears throat> uh, Paul, what's that guy? He does all the crap. Oh, you know, Paul, he annoys me. I don't know. Anyway, so he tracked him he down. He wears a leather jacket? Yes, he tracked him down. Him and his what team tracked him down. I can't think of his name. And they spoke to him and he basically said that he was much happier in prison. That he didn't like being out and that he found it really difficult. And I'm like, so go back, motherfucker. Yeah. Go back. He said that he regretted what happened, but he knows himself that he didn't mean for it to happen and he never abused Colleen. Lies. So Anton Mulder is out. Um, and that is Paul Williams. Paul Williams. That is the story of the murder of Colleen Mulder and massive amounts of tragedy in her family, which happened afterwards. Like, I don't think people fully understand how this shit breaks apart families like. How many stories have we done now where families have said this person was murdered and our entire family just fell apart? It's you really know? like, yeah, but it, like her two children are dead too. Like two of her sons a year apart. She still has four other children and they've watched their mother be murdered, their father be jailed, their two brothers die. And like, what the fuck, man? But yet he, I fully believe, maybe I'm wrong, I fully believe everything he did was premeditated. And it was premeditated months before. He knew exactly yeah, what he was doing. Yeah, 100%. He set that shit up. Now, what he was dumb enough to do was to go and speak to people that he worked with and be like, I'm just going to kill her and then I'll be out in like five years. That's dumbass behavior, but that's also narcissism. Because yeah. he's saying this stuff thinking, they're never going to say this. Look at me. Who am I? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's incredibly sad. She was 41 years old. That is... As I said, four years older than me. And six babies. Six kids. Um, I just hope her remaining family members are doing okay. And I know her sister Anne is like, took it really hard. William, you're a bollocks. Her, the brother-in-law. Or the brother. Yeah, what an idiot. Bollocks, like shut the fuck up. People, you're, oh, anyway, when I was reading about him, I was like, 
I feel like would there be any of my fa- anybody in my family like that? I don't think there would be my actually. Sister. <laughs> like a hundred percent. Michaela, we have to like Michaela. Please do not do Michaela. Be outside the court, being like, I'm going to read a story from her diary. Dear diary. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's sad and awful, and I just women just being murdered for no reason whatsoever because men be crazy. Talking about men be crazy. Can I give about out about John Mulaney for two minutes? Yeah. yeah, I don't care that I I don't like John Mulaney. I have massive problems with John Mulaney. And I did it is, like his monologue. My celebrity beef is now John Mulaney. I didn't watch it because I hate him and I hope he fails in life. So that motherfucker went on SNL. Yes. And made his little jokes about getting Olivia, whatever her name is, pregnant, and mentioned that she got pregnant in February, which is when he stepped his ass out of rehab and was still with his <gasps> wife. So not sure if anybody in SNL copped that. But basically told the entire world what he did. Not only that, when they were married, she wanted children and, and he, he didn't. No. And she said, my partnership was more important. So didn't have kids. I've seen that she's He knocks up eggs. the first moron that walks up to him. And now she's fucking doing IVF for freezing her eggs. Yeah. I hate him. I've seen. Uh, I hate she him. She put up a picture of like she's injecting. Yeah. Hormones. I hate him. I'm so mad. I was like. Are you fucking serious? And all his little buddies in SNL clapping him on the fucking back. Mm. Have some self-respect. He's like, and the, all the articles were like, Joe Mulaney doesn't owe us an, uh, like any, you know, sort of like what he did. He doesn't need to speak about it. He just need to. His entire comedy career was about his wife. Yeah. And making Jewish jokes about his wife. That was his entire comedy career. And he steps out of rehab, bones Olivia Munn, who let's be honest, doesn't have the best track record with men. No. She, he stepped out of rehab and got another woman pregnant and he's on SNL being clapped. Yeah. Fuck John Mulaney. I have massive celebrity beef with John Mulaney. Celebrity beef. Anna Marie Tendler, if I could afford any of your art, I would buy it, but it's excessively expensive. Crazy expensive. How much? Her little lamps are very expensive. She makes lamps. She makes uh, bespoke, like Victorian lamp covers they're beautiful and she made she sounds like a boring cunt she, but you know something <laughs> she might be a boring cunt she might be a boring cunt she Anne-Marie. doesn't deserve what happened to her she does not deserve what happened to her like, and she's I just want and people were like it's par- you're being it's parasocial it's not parasocial to call what a is man that nonsense yeah, to call a man out who is actively being a cunt also and Olivia Munn should be fucking ashamed of herself he hadn't even left Anna. He was still with Anna. He was two seconds out of rehab and she was riding his dick without protection. Like, the man has a drug problem. Yeah. You fucking dumbass. Let like him get better. Rehabilitation They're literally like, like a, a year. year before you even attend. I don't care if people are mad at me. Fuck John Mulaney. I will never enjoy anything he does ever again. And I am going to not buy Anna, Anna, Anna's art because I can't afford it. But I wish her the best. I wish her the best. Anyway, and I that wish was my her rant, lamp making That was my rant about John too. Mulaney and it really upset me the other day. And then when she put up that picture of, I was like, I seen her, are, you I was like are you fucking kidding me? Do you know what? I think, you piece of garbage. I think that's the thing. I think the parasocial thing is like, sorry, excuse me. No. That's not what parasocial means. No. It's like people who took the word toxic and then just ruined it because they don't know what yeah. it means. Parasocial is a very, very different thing. Yeah. Parasocial is investing yourself in someone's life. I can give a fuck about John Mulaney. Yes. He can fall down a set of stairs for all I care. But I will say when someone's a fucking piece of shit, they're a piece of shit. Like, and he's on SNL being like, hey guys. Like me and Adam Driver, that's parasocial. That's parasocial. Mm-hmm. 
Big time. You guys can't see it, but I just gave them as a wink. <laughs> Sarah is actually in love with Adam Driver. If I... Now talking to boring bastards. No, he's boring. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Let's call a face. Oh, not an ounce of crack in him. Um, whenever I watch his interviews, I'm like, Jesus. He's very, he's very You're serious. You're lucky. But then do you know what? When he does comedy, he's so funny. Yeah. Remember that but SNL I think sketch that, I think was... that's because he is able to play everything yeah. so straight. When he was, when he did that, one of my favorite ever SNL sketches. Was Star Wars one? Star Wars one where he's yeah. pretending not to be Loren. It's yeah. so good. Because yeah, you're right. Because he plays it so deadpan. He plays it so straight. That it's really, like, really what, that's Like usually the best comedy is pa- played really played straight. straight. It's like playing it straight. Like, you know th- that guy that you made me read the interview with in Succession? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't realise that Succession's a comedy? <laughs> he doesn't realise like, Oh, God, love um, Jeremy Strong. That's yeah, Adam Driver. Did you see his suit that he wore to, I don't know, some wardrobe very recently? It. Yeah, me too, I really liked it. I really liked it. Really nice. And then, really did you see all his, like, uh, guest actor or his colleagues being like, oh my God, you're our best friend because we were talking shit about you about two months yeah. ago in a newspaper article. Even though they weren't talking shit, they were just saying Tell the truth. this is what he does yeah. um, like Brian Cox is like he's a lovely chap but he's fucking nuts Brian Cox is just couldn't give a fucking no over. he's gas like, you ever listen to him on a podcast you're like should you be saying this yeah he couldn't he couldn't care less, less. he wrote like, a book yeah dragging everyone to filth everybody <laughs> I was like Brian Cox you are that guy from Succession I like Succession but also I don't like Succession I can't watch it that's my whole thing. I with watched succession. the first episode of Succession where they played up like baseball game and they make the yeah. like help essentially it's awful. play for like a watch. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, I can't watch this. It's horrible. Like, and the min- they like, are the worst people. Yeah, when in the first like twenty minutes of watching, it, I was like, I want all of you. Like to you're not, die you're not rooting for anybody. Kind of Greg at the start, you're kind of rooting for him, but then you see him slowly being like manipulated which was Greg Greg is the really tall nerdy guy okay Um, you just see him gradually becoming like his family but yeah I like Succession but I don't like I watch it but I'm like are you watching anything lately oh my god am I no I watched that show that I told you about uh, as we see it but that's all I've watched surely Oh, yeah, yeah, oh and John Wilson's show which I want everybody to watch and I need everyone because nobody talks to me about it really sad. it's so good hold on I get the name of it properly what is it? what's it on you see this is the problem it's on that's why no one's talking yeah, to you about uh, it John Wilson show I just I like the way you, no one's talking to me about it it's just fucking me so I know but it's how to with John Wilson it's so fucking good there's two seasons of it this guy called John Wilson and he has a handheld camera. It's like a documentary series and he lives in New York and he just goes around New York documenting things, but he does it in a really funny, weird way. And in the first season, he lives in a massive house and his landlady is this little old, like, Latvian lady. Mm. And it's so sad. But if you get a chance, How To With John Wilson, what's it on HBO, I think? It might be on Sky Atlantic. Oh, okay, I'll have a look. Please watch How To With John Wilson and then be like, oh my God. I will. I'll, and then we'll it. be like, when we go to New York, we see all the nice parts of New York. We're like, New York. Oh, and he's like, here's see, uh, uh, a rat in my in my toilet. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> that uh, TikTok of the rats just running out of the... So it's like this TikTok of like a scene in New York and it's just like, honestly, about like 25 rats. Ugh. And this guy just stumbles across that and they run out of the garbage, but he's got his phone, like he's recording it. And then someone's just playing, New York. <laughs> But that's the thing, he goes around New York Country and you're like, bumping. oh, this is what New York really looks like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we, we get the idealised version of New York because we're like, having the best time. But he's like, this is where I live and this mm. is what we have to deal with. There's one episode, uh, 
And this is going to sound so boring, but it's not. It's about scaffolding and what a scam it is. And I did not know this at all. Uh, please watch it. Just watch it. Scam? It's a fucking scam. You know the way we're in New, York, in New York and there's scaffolding everywhere? There are groups of companies that just put scaffolding up. There's no work actually being done. Sorry. And it's to deter certain people from uh, buying certain buildings. It's crazy. Please watch it. Because okay. he goes to a scaffolding convention and he didn't know. And then he goes and he's talking to people and he's like, what the fuck? Please watch it. And it's just like an actual documentary? Yes, full-blown actual What's documentary. It called? It's called How To with John Wilson. Okay. Um, You're going to text it to me. I will. And uh, the second season, he, the first season, it's a little bit more difficult for him to get access to certain places. Because everybody knows? No, because nobody knows in the first season. But then in the second season... No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he says to yeah. people, oh, I'm with HBO. And they're like, oh, HBO! But he's... Like, he doesn't have a camera crew. It's just him. Oh, okay. Please watch it. It's so okay. good. All right, I will. Um, that is everything. I'm sorry about my John Mulaney thing. We might need to cut that out. Why? I don't know. I feel bad now. Why do you feel bad? I don't. Fuck John Mulaney. Oh, here's the thing, right? <laughs> here's... And, like, I think... Oh, I think it just upsets me because I know people that have been treated like this. No, and, and that's... Just so my point... the fuck out of me. About the whole thing. My point about the whole my thing. My point about the whole thing. If you just shut the fuck up for five minutes. You shut the fuck up. Right? Fucking hot takes. <laughs> hot takes. Um, is, it's deeply unfair. Yeah. Like she said that they spoke about having children and yeah. he said, I don't want children. He has entire parts of his yep. stand up that are about him and not and wanting her children. Yep. Not, not having children. children. And uh, what do they call them in America? People that sell houses. Oh, the real a realtor. realtor. Yeah. Like literally be like, mm, and this is where the baby's the dumpster room is. and fire. Yeah. You know what Could I mean? And so like that entire skit is about the fact that he doesn't want children. Yeah. And then he tells his wife who is of an age yep. where it's like if we want to do this we and I want to do this it we now. should start doing it and, she, and he's like no and she's like right and like honestly if I really wanted a second baby I don't but there has been times I've yeah. considered it and Graham said to me which Graham absolutely Does 110% not, yeah. is like I do not want another child yeah. I wouldn't try for another no. baby I know because you want your partner to be on board with you yeah right but also because like I'm in my relationship with my husband yeah. and I married him and, he's and that's the what person. she said she was like I'm putting my partnership yeah. before my children um, now I already have a kid yeah. and if we didn't have a kid and I was feeling that way I think I would really consider it but to be honest I think I would be like okay you're my partner yeah um, so like what he has done is it's really hot. It's really, really unfair. And I think the big thing about it is he's made an entire career yep. out of saying those things. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, why should he have to talk about it? Why should he Literally, have to? Literally, yeah. Like, like it's none of your business. It's like, but but it, his entire comedy and it us was buying about this. his comedy and us people giving money to go to his shows yeah. was about his wife. And then Andy Richter came out and I was actually super d- disappointed in Andy Richter. He came out with a tweet that was like, um, if you guys, you know, disliked every stand-up comedian that was unfaithful to, to their wife, there'd be no stand-up comedy. And I was like, dude, fuck every guy that's been unfaithful to his wife and fuck you because your wife divorced you of 25 years and that's clearly what fucking happened. Yeah. So you just told on yourself. I was like, Andy, shut the fuck up. But also like, 
if you were a stand-up comedian who hadn't been yeah. on Faithful, like, why is Andy Richter being like, well, clearly well, Steve Martin fucked somebody yeah. else. Like, shut the fuck I up, Andy Richter. Like, but I was like, they're all, like, Martin I, Short. I understand you're defending. He's definitely slept yeah. with some sex workers. You're de- defending your friend. And I get that. But at the end of the day, the other side of that is shut the fuck up. His, uh, his wife, who is going through hell right now, does not need to see this bullshit. Yeah. She does not. And like, I, <laughs> all of his friends unfollowed her on Instagram. They all unfollowed her on Instagram. Just soft blocked her on Instagram. Like Nick Kroll, like all those lads, all those guys, all John Mulaney's BFFs, all the little white boys he hangs around with, just all unfollowed her because he was fucking Olivia Munn and decided to knock her up because two 40-year-old people don't know what protection is. Is he 40? He's 40. How is that a mistake? You are 40, sir. You are 40. She is 40. How is that a mistake? You're grown ass people. She knew what the fuck she was doing and he knew what the fuck he yeah. was doing. The man was five seconds outside um, rehab. An abortion is available. I just, I just think what it is, is that a lot of women have experienced this sort of shit. Not to the extent of like, my boyfriend went to rehab like, and got out and had sex with another woman. Also not to the extent of like this public. But the cruelty of it. Yeah. And then watching that person move on with someone else when you have had not had time in any way to deal with this horrific act that has happened and then that person hosting SNL and making jokes about it it. I am a fuck about John Mulaney and you know how much I love John Mulaney like John Mulaney's stand-ups are some of the best he's like the man is fucking hilarious he's so good at what he does can't stand the motherfucker anyway that's that yeah Anne-Marie drop your prices I'll buy some stuff yeah we'll buy a lamp give me a discount Anne-Marie um Anyway, anyway yeah. happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. I'm sorry for my doubling And we hope you have like the best week possible. Uh, and look after your mental health. Uh, and give yourself a break. Buy a nice sandwich. And give sandwich. yourself a warm hug. <gasps> I'd, love a, I'd love a nice oh, sandwich. Oh my God, buy yourself a nice sandwich. There used to be a restaurant. Shh. And I can't Put crisps on a sandwich. Put crisps, put potato chips on a sandwich. There used to be a restaurant above Shashi. It was a vegan and vegetarian restaurant above Shashi years ago. You made ago. me go there. They used to do a veggie club. The greatest sandwich. Here's how I knew it was great. Everything on the sandwich, Gar hated and would not eat it by itself in the sandwich. Edit. Would ask for a second one. It was so good. But that was the best sandwich ever and I'm devastated that I will never have one of those sandwiches ever again. Um, It was so fucking good and then they just... I... I... What's your favourite sandwich? Was that your favourite sandwich? (laughs) Of all time? Yeah. What's your favourite sandwich you make yourself? Oh, okay. This is gonna be very boring. Cool. Ham cheese coleslaw. White I bread. I don't, I don't think that's boring. Ham cheese coleslaw, white bread with crisps. Yeah, and a bit, bit of onion. onion. Mm. When I used to be in school in secondary school, there used to be a little cafe down the road from us called Anne's, and whenever I go there, we're like, "We need to leave secondary school for lunch." Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. Fuck's sake! You're not allowed to leave. No, weren't allowed to leave the school for lunch. But they had to like, so we left at like quarter to one and then the other school left a quarter past one so they staggered stag- staggered it because they didn't want us to like fight <laughs> they didn't want like a Lord of the Flies situation going on I think that's probably because <laughs> the, sa- the town the was town like, couldn't manage the amount of people yeah. um, um, we weren't allowed to leave school and we used to have this fucking tuck shop and it was run by this fucking 97 year old nun did they make nice anything nice I don't know who was making the sandwiches, but somebody in school was making them. No, they used to make this egg mayonnaise sandwich. And you know that egg, that famous Japanese egg mayonnaise sandwich? Yes, delicious. I imagine that's what the egg mayonnaise sandwich is like. 
like the one I used to get in yeah, yeah, yeah. school. Was it good? It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, I love it. It was like the perfect sandwich. ratio of yolk and mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Colin! 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 Close to proximation to a hate of violation when I'm working at work, working at work, work.